Hi, and welcome to Enriched Perspective with Mike and Talisha Wallace, where we seek to shift paradigms through the exploration of biblical principles. I'm Mike. And I'm Talisha. Welcome Welcome to to the the podcast. podcast. So, today we're going to talk about acceptance. Uh, Many of us over the course of our lives struggle with this or deal with this uh, particular um, subject matter whether it be the need for acceptance or also coming up with our own acceptance criteria for others. In this episode, we're going to talk about being accepted or some of the various aspects of being accepted, as well as the criteria that we create for ourselves in order to determine if we're going to accept others or be accepting of others. Lastly, we're going to also discuss um, if we can have our own acceptance criteria, then what about God? So, Talisha... How would you like to start this conversation out? Well, I would like to start it with just kind of sharing some of my background with this topic because it is very near and dear to me. It's something that I've always struggled with and I'm getting better, but I have my struggles when it comes to acceptance. Um, Just growing up, being one of the bigger sized girls, being a big girl as I like to call myself and being African-American and just different things that would make me feel like I wasn't good enough or smart enough or pretty enough because everyone around me was either smaller or or to me seemed smarter just dealing with those types of things um made me feel like I had to do probably things that I'm that were out of of character to want to be part of groups that I wanted to be a part of and it cost me some bad choices feeling bad afterwards for doing the things that I did to try to be accepted so it's something that I know that it's important that we understand our self-worth and understand that God loves us and he made us the way he made us for a reason and for a purpose. And learning to accept that how God made me was just fine. I'm, I'm beautiful. I'm smart. I'm good enough. I'm, everything that I was telling myself I wasn't was a lie. So just learning that we have to accept who God made us to be, how he made us, and what he made us for and learn to love ourselves. And that's something that I'm working on daily and I appreciate God for helping me in this area. But it is a very powerful topic and it, topic and it is, I think, um, very imperative that we talk about it and try to help someone else that's struggling with acceptance. Yeah, I concur. Um, I might not have, I was actually the exact opposite. I was uh, very short, <laughs> uh, very dark-skinned <laughs> and very easy to be missed. Um, throughout my youth, I was kind of on the other end of the spectrum. I was usually kind of friends with everybody, but with nobody at the same time. Mm-hmm. Of course, I grew up in one place, but I went to school in another. Um, went to a predominantly black schools for the early part of my education up until about fourth grade or so. Mm-hmm. Then from fifth grade forward, all of my education was around predominantly white uh, people. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, a lot of them come from middle class, upper middle class. So coming from the background that I came from, um, it was kind of challenging at times because I was not fitting in. (laughs) And then you add on top of that, I'm just going to be transparent, my faith as well. Mm -hmm. And the way that we practiced our faith at that time uh, really caused me at times, even though I'm a young man, to stand out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. And... While I was invisible, I was still visible. Mm -hmm. And as I grew older, just wanting to fit in, wanting to be a part of something or a group, never so much that I was willing to kind of compromise my values, 
because for me, being accepted in my family was something that was critical for me. Mm-hmm. Cause I really love my mother and my father. So I really wanted to do things that would be pleasing to them. You know, so I was very careful about the things that I did and the things that I participated in and, you know, breaking their rules and regulations for the household because I wanted to make them proud. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, still had that longing to be a part, you know, to belong. And sometimes, to your point, it does take you into places and spaces that you really wouldn't go on your own. Mm -hmm. But in order for you to be a part of the group or to be a part of the crowd or to be included, um, you do things or you participate in things that um, are contrary to what you've been taught or how you've been raised. Right. Uh, One of the things that we talk about being accepted is you have to deal with is really the impact of it all. Yeah. Um, it impacts relationships. Um, it definitely has an impact on your personal identity. Mm-hmm. It has an impact on your standard of living, your mental health, your physical health. It also um, deals. It impacts your belief system, and it defines your boundaries. And it really can have a huge um, influence on your future. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Um, just kind of piggybacking off what you said. Just. It brought back memories as you were talking about standing out like a sore thumb. Um, church girl, our faith, we wore dresses every day, and that was constantly asked every day, why do you wear those dresses? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? And that desire to want to fit in and wear pants like everybody else and take gym class and participate in sports and other things, it, it kind of makes you feel like, man, what's, what's, what's wrong? Something's wrong with me it could cause you to just not see yourself in the right in the right manner and it did affect like for me I I tried to sneak and do it anyway so mm-hmm. I wasn't so good like you <laughs> <laughs> I made decisions that made me it did it did kind of mess up our, our relationship like you were saying the impact of those choices you make to fit in can affect how your relationship goes with your parents it affected ours I wasn't as close to my parents as I probably could have been because I was too busy lying and trying to stay away from them um, because of the decisions I was making, it, it matters. And your future, you put yourself at risk of unwanted pregnancies, diseases, all sorts of things you're doing to try to fit in. You're gambling with your life and your future. Yeah, you kind of said something that's funny. Uh, it wasn't as bad as you, but realistically speaking, we all did our little dirt in the <laughs> back end. <laughs> I, I, I will not claim uh, <laughs> saint status by any means in my youth. I did dirt as well yeah well Um, not like me yeah not like you but it's (laughs) dirt is dirt yeah still the same aftermath right pretty much doesn't feel good and it it was to like i say a lot of times to fit in Um, it was kind of funny it wasn't just the kids like always especially our upbringing is like the kids of the world influence you and it's that it was actually church kids that influenced me to do things or you know because i wanted to be accepted by them yeah. Um, I participated in things or I did things um, that I knew weren't quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, had a very, very vivid incident in my own mind where at a certain age, you know, in our faith, we didn't do the dating thing. We didn't court, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was hanging out with a couple of my friends that I grew up with in church. Mm-hmm. And we all were still going to church as well as our parents. And they started to talk about their escapades or their girlfriends that they had Mm -hmm. and I felt completely outside of that conversation I felt so out of place like I didn't belong and 
it's already bad enough where you don't feel like you fit with the kids that didn't grow up in your faith. But then when you around the kids that are in your faith that grew up the same way as you did and you still don't fit in, that's even worse. Yeah. So in that moment yeah. when they were talking, I was purposing in my own heart that the next time that we have this conversation, I'm going to have something to contribute. Wow. And again, it's, it's that because I wanted to be accepted somewhere. Mm-hmm. I wanted to feel like I belonged somewhere. Yeah. And in that moment, I was willing to compromise what I was taught, willing to compromise, you know, what was instilled in me for the sake of being accepted. Wow. It's so powerful. It's something that we all, human as human beings, desire that. It's a natural emotion that we desire to be accepted. True. And again, when you're coming from um, like a very strong religious, as we would call it, background, mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't really get a, a full view of of everything. Mm-hmm. And we assume based on the things that we hear and the, the backgrounds of the individuals um, through their testimonies that the world only, you know, is about drugs, alcohol, and sex. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. And if you ain't doing those things, if you're not partying, if you're not drinking, if you're not doing drugs, you know, if you're not having relations, then you're really not living. Yeah. And unfortunately, those are the things things that are amplified in our mind when we start to look outside of our kind of community yeah and we gravitate to those types of things because we feel like that's what will cause the world to accept us that's what will cause the world you know to to be accepting of us if we're doing the things that they do Mm -hmm. and quite frankly everybody doesn't drink everybody doesn't do drugs everybody doesn't indulge in alcohol as a matter of fact, most parents, you know, if they're worth their salt, they're trying to teach and train their sons and daughters to keep themselves because they they know the dangers. Uh, when you talk about premarital sex, they know what the dangers are. Right. You know, not only pregnancy, but you have uh, diseases and different things. And right. then also just the emotional toll mm-hmm. that it can take on you when you're not mentally or emotionally mature enough to handle that. Right. So they're keeping their kids from those things, too. That's right. But for us, we're like, well, that's just what we do in our small community. So... You know, I want to do what everybody else is doing. And we commence to trying to desensitize ourselves to these things. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to do drugs, we're going to do as much as we can. Right. You know, try to show that we bigger and badder than everybody else. If we're going to drink, we're going to drink till we pass out. Because, again, I got to prove to everybody else that I belong and I fit in and I can hang. Yeah. You know, if we're going to have sex, I'm not just going to have one person. I'm going to have multiple right. girlfriends or I'm going to have multiple boyfriends or I'm going to have all kinds of promiscuous, uh, mm-hmm. nefarious activities going on in my life. So when we talking about it, I got the stories, you know, mm-hmm. and you will accept me. And quite frankly, people be looking at you like, what in the world wrong with you? Yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we don't see it that way because, again, we're, we're just trying to fit in. Yes. We're just trying to belong. Yes. We're just trying to gain, you know, that acceptance from the community that we're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it really does drive us to some very stu- some stupidity yes, absolutely. <laughs> to say the least and you can't erase it it's nope. there and it impacts your mental health and well-being like you were saying i know with a lot of young women like i say you probably could speak on this way better than i can mm-hmm. but uh, some of the restrictions that you have as far as attire if you don't have a, a good view mm-hmm. of why you're doing what you're doing 
and then you go into a community it's it's a lot different now than it was when you all were growing up people yeah. are way more accepting of you know young women wearing you know things that are related to their faith whether it be you know from a muslim community wearing hijabs and their mm-hmm. robes you right. know they don't really get on you about that anymore but back in the day yes oh boy <laughs> every day every, every day, day all day <laughs> why do you wear those skirts don't you get cold why do you have that on don't you get hot do you have a pair of pants? Do you own? Do you do? No, no. Every day went to All school. Day. Every day from the time we went to school to graduated, somebody asks, why yeah. do you wear dresses every day? Or, hey, there's a skirt girl. Oh, that's the church girl. You know, it's constantly. So what can you do? What can't you do? Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, my God. Your life is so, you know, it just. It wears on you after a while, you know. Yeah, to be honest, when you're not necessarily fully bought into the faith um, that your parents may be a part of. You just was born into it. Yeah. You just grown up in the household. And a lot of times we're just following the rules. So we don't have the understanding of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And it makes it that much more difficult for you. Yeah. Because you want me to be acceptable on this side of the fence in the church community, you know, amongst the believers. And I want to be accepted <laughs> by the yeah. The outsiders, the infidels, right? <laughs> you know, you know, and you have this constant struggle because you, from day to day, you don't know which one you want to do. Yeah. And then also, you know, some of the girls grew up and mm-hmm. they left and they started putting on the things that we were we couldn't wear you know they put, True. On, they put on the the jewelry the makeup the pants the, you know the first thing everybody most church girls that grew up like us do is they they get the leave the church leave the church kit mm-hmm. your pair of pants your earrings your jewelry your makeup and your boyfriend and then they'll come back and talk you know tell you what they've been doing or they try to make it look like they're having so much fun and you and you sitting there like oh okay trying to make you you know you, if you don't if like you were saying if you're not secure and what you believe in, what you're doing, you'll start feeling some kind of way. And you know, I can't wait till I'm 18. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna do that too. And it's just not the life for everybody. And some of the times they were just fronting and they were not happy. And True. just you just, you just have to be careful. But it's hard to tell because again, yeah. if if you're longing for that acceptance, if you're longing for that approval, yeah, it's, it's difficult to see the struggle that comes behind it or the. Str- things that they're struggling with because of what their choices are yeah. the one part you mentioned like i say the, the boyfriend piece it was almost like yeah. <laughs> it was it was almost pathetic at times mm-hmm. because it, not too long after they leave they get a boyfriend and, and then they come back and they're pregnant oh, yeah. and again that when you're not married i know that there there's a difference you know connotation now people are more accepting of it now mm-hmm. to some degree but Again, back in the day, and even in some communities now, it's still one of those things that's frowned upon. Right. They try to, you know, talk it up and try to make you feel good about yourself and try to make you feel still accepted and loved and mm-hmm. all those different things. But there is a mark and a scar that comes with, you know, having a child out of wedlock. Right. And a lot of them came back in that condition. Right. Like I say, it's almost like the prodigal son. You left with a lot. You had a lot of um, potential. You mm-hmm. had a lot of capability. You had a lot of promise. But because you wanted to be accepted and you wanted to belong, it's like you kind of threw it all to the side and yeah. began to participate and partake in the things that you thought would bring you that acceptance. Yeah, which is so funny because 
we grew we grew up with loving parents. True. We t- were taught about a loving God. We had a good life. Our parents didn't go upside our head. They didn't cuss us out. They didn't mistreat us. They they loved us. Or they love us, I should say. And we don't accept that. <laughs> we don't, but we want to accept the other part that does not love us, doesn't really help grow us in a in a positive way in in our young immature minds or not our hearts not towards god we reject the the good stuff you know Mm -hmm. take that for granted like you said like the prodigal son and i want to go and see what that life is like i don't want this yet i want this you know so it's like we want to be accepted of things that are not good for us as opposed to accepting the things that are good for us and i've also learned kind of in that same vein as a parent that i have to to be very diligent about finding those other opportunities and giving my kids different exposures so that they can realize that that is not all that the world has to offer right i mean the world is way more than sex drugs and alcohol Mm. Um, there's a lot of things that you can experience there's a lot of things that you can participate in there's a lot of of different um, activities and different um, um, groups and things that you can be a part of that can actually promote positivity that can really cause you to go from being mediocre to actually striving for excellence and wanting to excel i know we always talk about acceptance from a negative perspective and that's why i'm kind of talking about this but there are some positives as well i mean when you get around the right people um, because you see where they are and you see Mm -hmm. what they're doing they motivate you Um, they cause you to reflect on where you are and what you're doing and they make you because of where they are because of what they're doing they drive you to want to change for the better. Right. Like we talk about let's marriage is a good one. A lot of times, like I say, people be kind of meandering, and then they find the person that they truly love, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they kick into this next level gear. When they was lazy, wouldn't go to work, you know, couldn't mm-hmm. get them up. All they wanted to do is, you know, play sports, basketball, or whatever, play video games. But all of a sudden, because they found someone that they truly love, and they want to please her. They go to work. Right. You know, they they're attentive. They're they're connected. They're they're trying. They're putting forth their best effort to be their best version of themselves, because they want to be accepted by her. That's right. And you can talk That's so true about her from her woman's side. I'm not oh. a woman. <laughs> so I'm like, well, wait a minute. But yeah, it's the same way for a woman. You know, sometimes she needs that um, that extra push or just the motivation to know her worth and her purpose. And you come across somebody that you feel like you can help build a life together with. Oh yeah, they'll they'll help you change into a better person. It makes you want to build your character and learn how to please your spouse, and it it can boost your your life, change your life for sure, yeah. absolutely. And that's why, like I say, talk about mentors and you know having people, uh, different people that come into your life uh, that can help drive you, push you to be better than what you are. Um, they're the ones that can help, you know, strengthen your belief. You know, yeah. they're the ones that can help propel you to your next or to your, uh, your future, a good future. Right. And a lot of times, like I say, we don't necessarily, I'm talking about as a parent, we don't always put those people or put our children in the path of those types of people. Mm-hmm. And we, we do focus a lot on the negative. We focus very heavily on you know, if you do this, if you do that, and if you do, and it's all the things that you could do wrong, and all the influences that could take you down the wrong path. 
but then we don't give them much of an alternative. Right. And just being very honest and transparent, if a person doesn't want to be saved, you have to still raise them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. still have to train them. You still have to put them in a position where they could be successful. Right. And that takes you kind of going beyond sometimes your own level of comfort to make sure you find those people that you can help put in their path that would, you know, help them get to that next level. Yeah, that's so true. And again, it's, it's when you talk about acceptance, sometimes we want so bad as even parents to be accepted by our church community and friends that we neglect some of our responsibilities as parents and and that's unfortunate because we want to still you know have the respect and the honor you know because we've developed this persona you know and we don't want anybody to look at us any differently Mm -hmm. we sometimes will neglect relationships Mm. and we say we're doing it in the name of god but quite frankly we're not it's for our own pride, yeah. you know. It's for our own indulgences. It's for our own ego that we do the things that we do, but it just so happened to be in the context of church. Yes, yes, that's so true. So true, and that's not biblical. No, at all. So when you talk about really like being accepted, it hits everywhere. Yeah, you say we want to be accepted by our parents. We want to be accepted by our spouses, our companions. We want to be accepted. Even parents want to be accepted by our own children. Yeah. It hurts when you feel rejected by your child. Yeah. You know, so yes. sometimes parents will abjugate their responsibilities. Yes. As a parent. Yes. They will allow things that they should not. They don't correct things that they should because they want to be accepted. They want right. their child to love them. And right. they feel like if I do this, they won't love me. But this is all a part of love. Yes, Sometimes so love requires me to correct you and to rebuke you and to admonish you, even to chastise you at times. And again, if, you, if you're if so consumed with wanting to be accepted, and that's why it's dangerous mm-hmm. when a parent clings and cleaves to their child like that. Yeah. Because then they don't do what they're called to do, parent and raise the child. That's right. We're not friends. No, you can't be friends. Like I say, no. there's a time and place, maybe when we get older, maybe in your 20s and you've matured, but we got a time and space where Training. I have to train you. I have to teach you. I have to put these values in. I have to reinforce yes. some things. And in doing so, there's going to be times where you might reject me. Mm-hmm. And I have to be okay with that. Yes. Because I'm looking at the, the bigger picture. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the longer term, you know, goal at hand. And if, if I'm looking short and if I'm, I'm looking at is really, and again, it's still a point of pride. It's still a selfish act when you don't do that, when you don't do the, the raising and the training, mm-hmm. when you don't do the hard work, you know, that's pride. That's more of a selfish thing because I want to be accepted. I want to be loved. I want to feel some kind of way. So I'm not going to give you everything you need. I'm going to just let you get by. And that's that's very, very, uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh, damaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. But I think about, did we talk a little bit on the fact about we have a, us having our own criteria of acceptance? Like, although, although we want to be accepted, we want mm-hmm. people to accept us, and then we'll turn around and have our own criteria for acceptance or boundaries that we set for acceptance as well oh absolutely uh i think you you have to yeah (laughs) otherwise i'll give you an example so 
um, one of the things that, like I mentioned before, we didn't do courting or dating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've tried to with my children, my sons in particular, and my daughters, to make sure I instill in them criteria. Like when you're looking for a companion, mm-hmm. what do you want? First of all, ask what they want, what they're looking for. You know, what what do they think is attractive? What's mm-hmm. not? You know, and then to kind of walk through it and try to instill in them some things that helps create boundaries mm-hmm. around the people that they choose to even get in conversation with, and even even with the attempt or attention to go into a relationship. Right. Yeah, oh. that, that matters so much. Correct, because. Again, that's one of the things that we were just kind of like, yeah, don't date. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> it's like, all right, but I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, but that's when that's where all the backdoor stuff be happening. And right. What, you pregnant? Wait, what? Who? <laughs> what, who, what, what is it? You know. Like I say, I'm not necessarily condoning dating, but it's just having those conversations and, and helping create those boundaries and those yeah. expectations so that you do have some acceptance criteria, especially around the person that you're going to be selecting to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah, that's preparation. That's part of training. Absolutely. And then also not just, you know, companions, but friends. Yeah. You know, knowing how to choose friends, looking at what yes. you do believe in, and what are your moral standards? What's your code? Mm-hmm. What are the things that you're willing to do? How far are you willing to go? That was one of the things that really kept me from certain things. Like, I just wasn't going to do drugs. I just wasn't going to drink alcohol. Right. It's not that I didn't have friends that did. I had some people that I hung around with that did it. But mm-hmm. for me, it was like, well, y'all go that far. I'm out. I, I, yeah. I ain't a part of this because that's not what I'm going to. I'm not what I'm about. That's not what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But instilling that in your children. Yeah. You know, making sure that they internalize it and they make it their own boundary. Yeah. You know, I think in, in doing that. It helps the child feel like I'm worth something. Absolutely. I'm, I'm learning my value. I'm learning what what I will and will not accept. And it, it brings about a different um, way you carry yourself. Oh, absolutely. Like you won't go with the, as the Bible says, make no friendship with the angry man. You wouldn't want to be around somebody like that. They end up getting you in trouble or killed or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just not being around promiscuous women. Not being around people that you know are not about anything good true you know it's like you just know because i know my future is more important or i know my reputation matters my health matters my safety matters mm-hmm. so to help you it helps build that self-worth and that's something i think is very 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 important and we don't take enough time to do that yeah um sometimes as parents we we try to push it push it cram it cram it yeah and we never give them a chance to really internalize it and to make it their own and some some yeah. of your children just aren't they're not no matter how hard you try, they're not going to believe how you believe. They're no. not going to see things the way you see things. No. But that doesn't mean that you don't do the work. Right. And I've always tried to approach, especially from our faith standpoint, I want the morals, I want the principles, and I want to make sure that my children understand that whether you're saved or not, as it relates to this, it doesn't really matter to me mm-hmm. because I'm still going to have an expectation of you. Right. I have expectations of you. I have acceptance criteria. It's not that it's going to change my love for you, 
but certain things I just expect out of you. Right. And I'm going to push you because I know that you can accomplish it. Yeah. And until you make it your own, I'm here to help you. I'm here to guide you. I'm here to coach you. I'm here to, to push and prod and poke until yes. you take it and you internalize it. And it really does become yours. Yeah, because you never know what circles they'll be in, what rooms they'll be in, True. who they'll be standing up in front of. And if you're not prepared, you're not going to be accepted into that club that school that job that Mm -hmm. all those things matter when you're trying to get into something and you're not prepared for it absolutely they don't have to accept you they have criteria too and they won't accept you yeah and just having that criteria for yourself Mm -hmm. having an expectation of yourself like i say a lot of times we just don't Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people just live yeah from day to day and and whatever happens happens or and your life is a definitely a a reflection of that Mm -hmm. you see the randomness there is no cohesion there is no trajectory there is no you know milestones that you're hitting you're just kind of flandering and floundering and it's unfortunate because this these are people with a lot of talent a lot of ability you know could do great things but just are aimless Mm -hmm. they don't have any boundaries and they're looking for some place to belong they're looking for some place to to kind of ground themselves and anchor themselves and they just can't find it and it's because they don't have any boundaries they don't have any you know type of acceptance criteria of their own their own they're not living according to any type of standard so it's difficult because others won't accept you yeah because they're like well I can't trust you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not reliable. Yeah. You know, or it's like, well, you do anything and they'll laugh with you. They sure will. And they'll laugh at your stories. But the reality is, is they wouldn't want to necessarily get into any type of meaningful and it's not even intimate, just meaningful relationship with you because they don't know what you can want to do and they don't know what you're capable of. They don't know where, where, where your boundaries are. They don't know how far you go. They don't know if you're actually loyal, if you truly are, you know, kind or, you know, right. if you are humble or if you're personal. They don't know these things about you and they can't see it through your life because you're living a life without any type of boundaries. Right. So true. And you're accepting any and everything. So they don't know how to take you. Yeah. But when somebody is selective and somebody takes their time and they really do go through their due diligence before mm-hmm. they bring people into their circle, you yeah. start to kind of get a feel for who they are. Yeah. And you, it begins to become clear. And you know whether you'll be somebody that can be a part mm-hmm. <laughs> or if you're somebody like, now I want to mess with them. Yeah. It's like you become attractive. Exactly. You know, you attract the who you would, how you carry yourself, attract certain people, you know. Exactly. So, Yeah. And again, we, we as people need to set some acceptance criteria for the people that we bring into our lives. True. Very we can't true. just be random. No. We can't just allow any and everybody to, to trouse in and trouse out. Yeah. You know, that's why, unfortunately, you have, you know, a lot of, you know, especially when it comes down to relationships, to have a lot of damage. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. it didn't have acceptance criteria or you lowered it because this person had other qualities that you thought were more valuable and then you get into it and you realize that <laughs> yeah you know but now the damage is done and now you're yeah. you're doing damage control you're mm-hmm. trying to fix you know what was broken whereas if you had this criteria in the first place yeah. or if you just take the time to stop and just do an evaluation yeah it's like what will i accept yes what would i take you know mm-hmm. if 
or what will I not take? What would I not allow? And yeah. then hold fast to yeah, it. But stick to it. Stick, stick to it. Don't compromise. Mm-hmm. Know so, your worth. Exactly. Know your worth. That matters. I know that's a phrase that's used quite a bit, but it, it is a very, very true. It's and true. it's really a profound statement yeah. because most of us don't know our worth. Yeah. That was like how we were saying, I was telling, saying earlier, like come, me being a person of low self-esteem, I'm not blaming anybody for it, but I have low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know my worth. And I, I was one of those girls that figured, well, they told us, you know, boys only want one thing. And, you know, I'm like, well, I do want a boyfriend. So I didn't value what I had because I I wanted that acceptance more over what I had. End up doing stuff that I probably shouldn't have been doing. Well, prob- I, that I should have been doing. And, <laughs> you know, I regret it. You know, I can't tell my daughters. Hey, I was this when I before I got married. That's I'm not proud of what I did. You know, it just it does follow you. True. So it's important that you know, you know it. You, you know, so you don't have to live with that. That you know that over your shoulders. Even though I, I've been washed by the blood of God and been free from sin for a while, it still it still reminds me like man. If I had known, you know, maybe I wouldn't have. You know, so it, it's important. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing, like I say, it's, it's easy to say to, to just get over it. Like oh, no. When you, of course, when you're uh, converted and when God forgives you, you you want to think that it just, I forget it all and it goes away. It does not. Exactly. It does not go away. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You remember. And yeah, and it, it'll buff your mind. You're like, man, you know, I wish I would have. But you can't, you can't change it, but it's there. So you got to process that stuff and get purged and free from it. But it's there. Yeah, and that's where... And that's where having that relationship, even with God, really begins to help you come to terms with these things. Like yeah. say, what you did, where you were, why you did it, you can't change none of that. No. Like I said, and that's where the blood of Jesus comes to, to purify us and to purge us and to cleanse us from all those things that we did so that we don't have to pay the penalty of it. But that doesn't mean you don't remember. Yeah. And you, you're still going to remember, and you're going to still remember the impact that it had on your life. But now that you've been changed and you've been converted and you have been transformed into a new creature in Christ Jesus, it doesn't have to be your ending. Right. Now you can go on. It doesn't have to be the thing that kind of anchors you and tethers you to a certain way of living, right. a certain way of thinking, and a certain way of just behaving and going about life. Because truly speaking, these desires to be accepted really do become anchors in your life oh yeah we can't become who god would have us to become because of these this this strong desire Mm -hmm. and this need to be accepted yeah again it it comes from so many different places and spaces say i have work i have you know my professional community i have you i have my children i have my immediate family i have you know my extended family then i have my church i have my faith i have so many different things that that could if i'm not careful could cause me to be anchored and not really reach for what god has called for me to be that's or become so, yes that's so true so true and you wouldn't necessarily look at some things as being bad but if it keeps me from becoming who god has called me to be then it's bad. Yeah. Plain and simple. It is. And because we want to be accepted, sometimes we'll just let it be what it be and we'll settle for mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And that's the unfortunate part. Yeah, just follow the rules. Don't say anything. 
just it is what it is and you you live your life that way and again it begins to show in other areas right when you get that kind of blase blase attitude it doesn't just stay in one area or one pocket of your life it begins mm-hmm. to slowly seep into other areas you become very complacent mm-hmm. and you just kind of again you start stop having standards for yourself stop having acceptance criteria allowing everything to kind of come in and then you look up like i said a little folding of the hands a little what was it sleep a little somber a little folding of the hands and mm-hmm. you look up and everything's out of place everything is in disarray and now you have to do all of this cleanup now you yes. have to start setting these boundaries and creating this criteria and it's hard yes, to it say is. no. It's hard. Yeah. It's a difficult, it's a challenge to be like, no, I'm not accepting this anymore. Yeah. You know. Especially if you've been that way for a long time. True. And if you've been allowing a certain thing for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Well, we say, well, you used to let me do it all the time. And say, well, that was then. This is now. The first thing is, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. You and changed. Yeah, <laughs> something, you ain't, something different getting about up, you. Getting uppity. <laughs> and sometimes you need to get uppity. Mm-hmm. You need to get elevated. You, you need right. to grow up. You need to mature. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things are necessary for you to get to your, your next. Yeah. And just to be what God made you to be. Yep. And again, finding a new crowd of people, people that are going up, people that are going in the direction that you want to go in, you know, and surrounding yourself with those types of individuals and, and letting them feed you, letting them nourish you, you know, look at them as examples and use you know, their testimonies as a launching pad and also as a as a kind of a seed of faith for you, for your next. Right. So true. And it is, it's a blessing when you do find a community of people that truly do accept you. Not just as you are, but for what you can be. Right. I was going to say as you are, or? Well, that's that's always a starting point. But, right. again, anybody that loves you, and it's a good segue to the next part of the topic, but anybody that loves you, realistically speaking, yes, they will accept you as they are. you are initially, mm-hmm. but they're going to see what you can be. Right. And they're going to be challenging you to become who you can be. Not just to remain as you are. Right. And again, I talk about marriage a lot because I've been married for quite a long time. You know, so it's one of the things I'm most familiar with. I talk about kids a lot because that's something I'm very familiar with. Right. But it's important. But when you get married, like I say, you start out and you're early, you're young, you know, just trying to kind of maintain and get a handle on everything and try to get grips. And if you're not careful, you can become complacent. Mm-hmm. And you can just get into this mold in this rut and you just rinse and repeat i call it groundhog's day mm-hmm. and then months years decades begin to pass and you look up so much time has been lost so much opportunity has been wasted because you just kind of got into this rut and this mold right but when you have a companion that's really that loves you that cares about you they won't allow you to stay that way right. when they see you going into that kind of that that mold or that pattern they'll challenge you mm-hmm. they'll they'll poke you they'll push you to want to and to, to force you to consider where you are but also strive for better right and that striving at least from my perspective is not just for my own personal growth and development but it's because i want to be acceptable to my companion right like i say nobody wants to have your wife look 
at you, you know, side eyed or, you know, have a a, a low opinion of you. So mm-hmm. you try to, to be your best. You try mm-hmm. to always present your very best to them because if there's anybody you want to please, should it's your companion. Yeah, should be. So therefore, I'm going to strive. I'm going to push, like I say, in the areas that you know she has more you know, interest in or she in- appreciates more. You're going to go a little bit harder because right. you want to make sure that you're acceptable and you're pleasing to her. Yeah. And it's the same way for a wife, for a husband. Yeah. And it's all rooted in love because, again, I don't want you to be just as you are. That's not enough. Because I know what you can be. Can be. Mm-hmm. And then we've been talking about acceptance. So we've been talking about having our own criteria. And the one thing that we seem to forget that God, can't he have his own acceptance criteria? Can't, can't he choose who he wants and who he rejects? If we can, surely he should be allowed to and have the freedom to decide whether he wants you or or whether you know he rejects you mm-hmm. now when we come to this topic people get a little quiet and get weirded on you because they say well god loves everybody mm-hmm. he does and that was demonstrated when he said he loved so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son right. that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life so yes he does love every last one of us that's goes without saying right but the one thing that he does have is acceptance criteria true um when you're talking about just going back to the old testament for a second Mm -hmm. any sacrifice that was given there was just rules around what could be offered and what could not be he wasn't just going to accept anything he was very particular. He said they yeah. can't be blind, they can't be maimed, they can't be halt, they can't have scurvies, so forth and so on. In, in other words, it needed to be a perfect sacrifice. Right. Otherwise, don't offer it. Yeah, because he's not going to accept it. Exactly. Even we, Cain and Abel. True. And in their particular case, Cain offered a, a sacrifice with blood and Abel just offered our sacrifice of the land. And that was a very peculiar kind of passage because it really didn't say why no. Cain was rejected um, and no. of course there's all kinds of commentary and different things around it because yeah. you know Abel offered a blood sacrifice to represent you know atonement and so forth and so on he knew mm-hmm. that he needed God and Abel on the other hand they say he sacrificed something from the ground it wasn't necessarily his best it was just something just kind of following the rules and just kind of following the flow you know it wasn't really from the heart and that's why it wasn't accepted that's all speculation that's all the things that they kind of pick up but the Bible does say that Abel was righteous and Cain was wicked right that's one thing it does say yeah and he didn't accept Cain's sacrifice because his heart was wicked and that was very evident because he was angry yeah. he was upset and God gave him a choice though he said yeah. well if, if you do well like well won't I accept it exactly he had the opportunity he had the opportunity to go back and figure out what he did wrong and then come back and offer it again. But instead, he was so angry and, and so jealous of his brother that he found opportunity. He slew him. Wow. And again, that indicated where his heart was. It, it, it was it wasn't in the right place. Yeah. Like we're talking about people want God to accept them how they want to present themselves to him. 
but God does have a criteria for acceptance. Yeah. And so we can't get around it. No. As much as we try, as much as we try to, you know, pick and choose what aspects of what he's calling for us to do, to mm-hmm. do. He said, well, it's, it still is what it is. Right. And the scripture that comes to mind, especially for the believer, he said, mm-hmm. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Right. Oh, he said, and be not conformed to this world, yes. but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right. And that's Romans, the 12th chapter, the first and the second verse. Mm-hmm. And there's quite a few other scriptures, I'm not going to go into all of them, that talks about um, being acceptable. There, there was criteria that was put forth as far as after you've been converted, mm-hmm. after you've believed, right. after you've repented, after you've been blood washed, which is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and after you received of the Spirit and your rebirth has been completed, right? Because the Bible says that we need to be born of the water and of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Your rebirth is complete. Now we have to walk in newness of life, right? And it's not necessarily to gain His favor, but it's because our faith is driving us to obedience right. to His word, and this obedience drives us to. To go towards proving what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Knowing what is acceptable unto God. Knowing what he expects of us as believers. Many people say that they are believers. Many people say that they love God. But when it truly comes down to it, we're not coming up to his criteria. Right. And we say, well, he loves everybody. Mm-hmm. He accepts everybody. Right. Yeah, he did say, come unto me. And I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you right. and learn of me. He said, for I make it lowly of heart. He said, he said, his yoke is easy also and his burdens and light. There's a couple of different scriptures where he talks about people coming unto him. Right. Like I say, when you talk about, I think it's uh, Revelations, when it talks about the spirit and the bride said, come. And mm-hmm. there was a couple of different comes that were there right. telling the people to come. Yeah, he's calling you. He's not rejecting or refusing anybody. He's making the way available unto everybody. Right. And one really, really good example of this is when you talk about the supper. Yes. Or the, the parable about the wedding supper. Yes. And that's in Matthew's, uh, the 22nd chapter. And also it's in Luke as well, the 14th chapter. Right. And in both of those cases, there was a great supper that was called. Matthew's right. giving a little bit more detail. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why Talisha's not saying anything, but just saying yes and mm-hmm, but maybe because it's late. But okay. Uh. <laughs> I'm just enjoying you break this word down. It's so good. Yeah, I whatever. Don't wanna, I don't want to mess nothing up. Whatever. Go ahead, preacher. Yeah, whatever. Preach. But anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> so in Matthew's, there is more detail around yes. what was going on. It was this, It was a wedding supper for his son. His son had just had a wedding, and they were having kind of the kind of the after party the bash Mm -hmm. and he invited some friends you know and people that were close near and dear and all of them rejected him yes they had all kinds of excuses Mm -hmm. and he said you know what forget it um i'm gonna just call he told his servants like i've made this great feast and supper i'm not it's not gonna go i'm paraphrasing Mm -hmm. it's not gonna go to waste he said go and call anybody go to the hedges and the highways and Mm -hmm. byways go you know, wherever you can find people. Yeah, good and bad. Good and bad, don't matter. Yeah. Tell them to come. Yeah. And they're all welcome. Yeah. Now, in our minds, we say that, well, 
poor, the rich, didn't matter. Didn't matter. Your socioeconomic status, you know, whether you was lame or halt, whether you had any physical defects or deformity, didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Come. Just come. It's open to you. It's available to you. Come on. Yeah. And a lot of times we stop there. Yes. And that's Luke, the 14th chapter. That's mm-hmm. kind of where it stops. But when you go to Matthews, mm-hmm. there's another very key portion of scripture there. Yes. After they were all there and they were all enjoying the festivities mm-hmm. and the, the the father came and he walking through the, the wedding supper party, mm-hmm. he saw someone there that was not dressed appropriately for the event. Right. And he said, um, how'd you get in? Yeah. And you you're not dressed appropriately mm-hmm. for this occasion. Right. Even though you might have been lame, you halt, blind, yeah. whatever, yeah. all of the criteria that he set forth for the sacrifice, all of that was removed. You could be all those things. You could be good, you could be bad, didn't matter. Yeah. But you still had to meet a certain standard or a certain dress code in order to be able to participate yeah. in this event. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of astonished. He probably was wondering, how did you notice? Right. <laughs> yeah, everybody else is have on their wedding garments. And, and here you is. You're not prepared. Right. And because of that, he was thrust out of the wedding. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, hand over. And I think said he went to, he was thrown and cast out. And mm-hmm. Where there's weeping and gnash of teeth. Yeah. The outer darkness. Mm-hmm. And that clothing, when you look at it from a more spiritual perspective, was being clothed upon with righteousness. Right. And for us, like I say, our righteousness comes from our faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. It's our faith in him and the faith that leads us not only to repentance, but also to obedience to his word. That's right. And as you obey his word, there's a couple of different passages of scripture. Um, It talks about it. We talk about uh, just generally speaking, Philippians 4 um, has a few passages there. Mm -hmm. And then also 2 Peter, the first chapter and the fourth first down to the 11th have some passages there and then when it talks about not walking in the flesh i believe that's yeah. galatians as well has mm-hmm. passages there mm-hmm. um, psalms, have psalms has passages uh romans has passages in various places talking mm-hmm. about not walking after the flesh but after the spirit yes there's a many a multitude of scriptures that that should be informing us to help us understand that when we say we truly are his mm-hmm. he does require something out of us yeah no different than if we're with somebody and we're in a relationship we have requirements that's right and his boundaries are such like i love you but i'm not gonna change my boundaries no he loved you so much that and this is this is the thing that's so peculiar we couldn't do this ourselves no all had sinned everybody had come short of the glory of god all of us was cut off from relationship with god couldn't do nothing about it nope he had to do all of the work to even give us access. Yes. I was waiting for this point. Yes. If he had not came. Yes. If he had not died. If he had not rose again, then we still would have been cut off. Yes. And we wouldn't even have had an opportunity to get in right fellowship or to have this relationship with him. No. And that's why that's why he gave his only begotten son so that we could have access so that we could have an opportunity to be able to come into right fellowship with him. But with that, he said, now I understand that 
you can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'm going to send you a comforter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand that you can't, your sins, if, if I don't forgive them, if I don't remit them, because there was no sacrifice that could have been given. No acceptable sacrifice. Nothing was would have been acceptable yes. enough. It said the blood of bullocks, goats, and it couldn't it couldn't do what the blood of Jesus did. It couldn't right. purge man's conscience of those dead works. It couldn't remit those sins that were past. All it could do was just cover it, and it was remembering yeah. year after year after mm-hmm. year. But the blood of Jesus cleaned the slate. Yes, where all those things, like he was mentioning, that we did mm-hmm. in order to obtain acceptance, those things that were in some cases worthy of death, yeah. as, as yes. far as the law was concerned, True. there was a penalty and a judgment awaiting us. But Jesus cleared it. That's why I love him so much. Exactly. And because we love him, it is our pleasure to do our very best to be acceptable unto him. Yes. Like David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, my strength, my redeemer. And we can say that with great confidence. We know that he is our redeemer. Yeah. David was looking into the future mm-hmm. that we now live in. Yeah. He has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy with his own blood. Yes. So surely, please, anything that I could do to demonstrate or to express or to articulate my love towards you. And he always, if you love me, just keep my commandments. Yeah. That's it. If you keep my commandments, you will be acceptable. And I'm going to give you the power necessary to keep my commandments because I'm going to give you a new heart yes. and I'm going to give you a new spirit mm-hmm. where you won't be driven by the same lust and the desires that you might have been driven by in the past when you were seeking for the acceptance and seeking for, yes. you know, the belonging, you know, and all these like uh, Buck, we said, what can put nub in all the wrong places? Yeah. Oh, that's it right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, so but true. now we found love in oh, him. I'm telling you. And for all the things that we did and for all the things that we were willing to do, all the compromises mm-hmm. that we were willing to make just yes. to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Surely, if I take that same energy and effort and put it into loving on God, who, when you love him, it comes back 10, 20, 100 fold. Yes. When you're loving on God, he has a way of just pouring out his love. He's already mm. started it. When, yes. he, when he gave himself for you, mm-hmm. he already proved like you, you're already worth it. Yes. You know, before, before you even know you're worth it, I'm going to show you that you're worth it. Cause I'm going to die. Yes. <sighs> yes. See, I'm, I'm get too excited here. Uh, see, this is the part that I'm like, I'm waiting for this part. Cause it's <laughs> like, yes, God, thank God for forgiveness and washing away and rejuvenation and, purpose and love and strength and acceptance it will push you forward it'll make you want to be more and more like christ absolutely oh my gosh that that's what drives me now no no longer oh i want to be part of this group oh they don't like me oh i'm not accepted here that's okay because i have what i need my soul has found whom it loves like i have everything i need when i have christ absolutely so it's like it brings about a security. A, a, it settles your spirit. You know, it takes away the fear of being rejected because you are accepted by the one and only true God. He'll put you in places that you are belong, and you you'll feel that sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. You'll feel that sense of purpose, and you won't seek outside of Him for it anymore because you'll be fulfilled. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't say it better myself. Yeah, that's that's what we'd be searching for, but it's like. He is everything we need. Everything. 
True. So, and yeah. we, like you said, we don't have to go outside of him anymore. Before we felt the need to, to go outside of God and try to find our purpose, to find mm-hmm. our place and to find our belonging. And we did so many things that were contrary to him that were basically offenses yeah. unto him. Yeah. And he said, that's all right. I said, come, come unto me. Come on. Come, come on. He said, the spirit and the bride. She said, just come. come. He said, if you come, I said, I'll give, I'll give you rest. Like all that worrying and all that, you know, shuffling and meandering you're doing, trying to find, like, just, just come. Yeah. And when you come, like I say, I will make you a new creature. Mm-hmm. I will give you everything that you need to feel whole, to feel complete, to feel accepted, mm-hmm. to feel loved, like really loved. Yeah. You know, not just for my own purpose or my own pleasure, but because I love you. Yeah. There's yeah. a song that talks about like loving me for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like he knows you. Mm-hmm. He's the one that created you. He knows what you're purposed for. Yeah. And yeah. he wants to help you fulfill that purpose. Yeah. So it, like you said, it, it shouldn't be anything for us to do. It's like sometimes we try to have something for nothing. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't I just want God to accept me as I am and I don't want to change. Don't ask me to change. Just just take me as I am because you're loving and you're all but like, there is no relationship you can get into where right. people will accept you as you are. Yeah. I don't care how you say, hey, love me as I No, they don't. No, because they see like, okay, you going, you can, you going to stop this. You can. I'm sorry, I would get a little bit sidebar here. But <laughs> I can change him. I can <laughs> fix him. I can make him into the man that he's supposed to be. <laughs> but like you say, I'm. in other words, I'm not going to take him as he is. Exactly. I'm not gonna take her as she is. Exactly. There will be some adjustments. There will be some modifications. Yeah. There will be some things that we're gonna take away. And there's some things that we're gonna try to exemplify or to to kind of what to say uh, enhance. Enhance. That's what we all do for love. For love, and that's just a part of growing up. That's a part of maturing. Yeah. There's some immature ways that we have that that need to go away. Yeah, you know, there's some some maturity that needs to occur in certain areas of our life, and if we we are diligent about our lives and we really truly are caring about accomplishing everything that we've set out to accomplish, or you know that we've been put on this planet to do, we're going to mature. We're going to strive to get better, and why not do it with God and in God? Yeah, like I said, I always tell my kids, I say, if you want to know who you are and what your purpose is, ask the one that created you. That's right. Saying we just had this conversation, uh, we're getting long in the tooth, so we're gonna close on this. But we just had this conversation the other day talking about purpose. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to know what their purpose is, everybody want to know why they're here. But the reality is, is you learn it as you go, yeah. And again, we're trying to force it sometimes, so we're trying to find our acceptance and we're trying to find our purpose in these places and spaces and in these communities, you know, in these groups that we're trying to force our way into. Mm-hmm. And we're not finding it. Right. Square peg, round hole, just don't fit. Mm-hmm. And we're losing pieces and parcels of ourselves trying to fit ourselves in these places. Right. And God's saying, I want to make you whole. Mm-hmm. I know you was a square peg when I made you. That's right. And I know exactly where you fit. But you have to 
let me lead you. Yeah. Let me guide you. Let me direct you. You have to take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Yeah. You got to be willing to give up your old ways and your old habits and thinkings and take my mind. You're supposed to put on the mind of Christ. He said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That's right. All that old stuff that you was dealing with, you were doing, that should be passed away. Right. And now you're, you're new and you're new in him. You're able to do it because you have him. We always talk about the power of the Holy Ghost. If it can't keep you, if it can't grow you, and if it can't mature you spiritually, then what is it doing? Right. It ain't there just to make you feel good and to, to make you, you know, have a, you know, existential moment. Mm -hmm. it's, it's for your life and for your livelihood and for your living. He will direct and guide you That's right. into your purpose. That's right. You'll look up and five, ten years down the road after he's matured you, after he's settled you, after he's established you, and you're like, wow, I didn't even know I could be here. Mm -hmm. And if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I wouldn't be here right. because the direction that I was going in and the places I was trying to go and spaces I was trying to get into, it wouldn't have led me here. Nope. That's so true. Sorry, a little bit passionate about this topic because oh, again, yeah. being accepted is it's it's a it's a doozy for all of us. Yeah, it's a huge turning point in your life once you realize, like, oh, wow, I need to stop and do some evaluation here. Like, uh -huh. what am I doing here? What are we doing? Yeah, and just accepting what God has, what He's done, what He's doing, what He's going to do. Yeah. Even Paul, when he was talking, I think it's in Philippians, when he was talking about not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but having his righteousness, that I might be found in him. You know, he he wanted to find himself in God. Right. Now, if there's ever anyone that could have boasted about where they were and, you know, and had a community of, of people of like faith, in the Jewish faith, Judaism, that he could have been attracted to more than this upstart apostolic what is this? You know, he mm -hmm. was trying to kill these people, and now all of a sudden he's trying to assimilate to them. Right. But he understood after he was converted, he understood the value of what was presented to him. And he counted everything that he had before, all of the stuff that he had accomplished, and everything that he had established, so that he could be accepted, so that he could be revered, so that he could have a place and a name. He left all that. He said, I count that all as loss. Right. I, don't, I don't even care about that stuff no more. Right. Don't even matter. Because I want to be accepted by God. Yes. That one that shone the light on me when I was on my way to Damascus, on the Damascus Road. That's who I want to be accepted by. That's who I want to mm -hmm. be found in. That's that's where I find my wholeness. That's where I find my completeness. So why am I chasing all this other stuff? I don't need that. Mm -hmm. I just need him. And if I have him, he will lead me. He will guide me. He will direct me. Amen. So I have one scripture that I'm going to read, and then I'm going to close for the evening. Uh, thank you for bearing with us. We know this one is a little bit longer, but we appreciate your attention and your time. Closing with Hebrews, the 13th chapter, the 20th and the 21st verse. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, that's our time. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode has further enriched your perspective. Until next time, I'm Mike. And I'm Talisha. God, God bless. bless.